What's it like to be dating a violist? Why aren't I trying to fuck Ephemia? Also, what is it like being celibate for like a year? This is basically life. Looking at queer sex, love, and living. And I'm your host, Tiff Muga. Hello, I'm Ephemia. I'm a writer, editor, and sometimes lover, but not so much this year. Um, the loving has been retired, and I can't believe it's taken me so long to get here, but I'm feeling very blessed to be here today. That's Ephemia, pronouns she, her. Ephemia is a Zambian Ghanaian writer who is a whole bunch of word based things including a Kane Prize finalist, a literary critic, and a kick-ass editor who is published in The New Internationalist, Wasafiri, Token, and Pen Passages, Africa. She's also written stuff for the Joburg Review of Books and has a whole Wikipedia page. Like fam, I'm trying to get to Wikipedia page levels of my life. Also, this honey edited my book. And it was such a nice experience. Ephemia is Flames, a constant wildcard in my life who I thunderously neglect as a friend, but I am already in the process of being much, much better about it. So, we're going to start. Mm-hmm. Ephemia. Mm-hmm. I am now a better friend. You are. That was such a nice pronunciation. Thank you. Stupid. And you're going to have to remind me because it has been six years of letting me do nonsense. Yeah, it's really embarrassing. I don't correct people enough. Yeah, you need to. But and sometimes gonna... when I do, it, it's like very forceful. It's like the weight of a year. No, you can't two. do that because then it's awkward. It is awkward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But awkward. I need to ask you, at mm-hmm. the beginning of all of these podcasts, I always ask, are you good? How are you doing, my baby? I've been a little bit depressed lately, but I think it's because... Okay, so when you're single, I've never had a girlfriend, I've never had a boyfriend, I'm bisexual, that's the whole thing. You've never dated anyone? No. Like, dated, dated, dated? No. Okay, okay. We're going to get into that. There was one time when I took a girl on a date. It was an amazing date, in my opinion. So she was a violist... Um, she was straight in inverted commas, but... She's a, she was a violist. You Sorry, you, you, you had me stuck there. I'm just like, violist, violist, violist. She was good with her fingers. Oh, my God! She's very, very good with her fingers. <laughs> Classically trained fingers. Oh, wow. Um, and I took her to a beautiful restaurant where I asked the violinist to come to the table. What?! And then she took his violin and played better than him. Oh, my gosh. So we had witty banter and repartee. And then I took her to the South African premiere of the Grand Budapest Hotel with the Wes Anderson film. Are you kidding? At the lobby. Why aren't I trying to fuck and you? And the lo- Questions. Questions. I don't know. Sis, questions. Uh, at the Labia. And I feel the Labia is a gay space because it's called the Labia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I thought we were dating for three months, but and all her friends did, but then she kept telling me we're not dating, we're not together. Oh. But that's life, I guess. So wait, I, wait, no, I was asking you how you are, and then we got into the... Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what that segue was. No, but... no, no, it was a necessary segue, because also the classically trained fingers... Also, the labia. Mm. We need to buy that space and make it super queer. Super queer. Super queer. But low-key. 
We must never make things high key super queer. No, because like, we want to indoctrinate the gays. Yeah, no, the, it's the gotta be subtle. It's gotta yeah, be subtle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gay, that's the gay agenda. That's the gay agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't been feeling so great, but I think it's because lockdown and I live alone. So lockdown. Oh, like alone, alone. alone like alone. no roommates, no nothing. nothing. And my mom's a doctor, so like I've been taking this quite seriously because if she gets sick in hospital, then I have to go and look after her. Mm-hmm. So there's something about being in lockdown which basically makes you realize that if I am single for the rest of my life, this is what my life will be like. Mm. Hmm. And that is terrifying. Of course, your life won't really be like that because you'll have friends and activities. But it's like this, like zone where you're like, oh god, it's really just me and my thoughts and my actions this and my is, desires. This is, this is what singledom is. This is what it is. Um, so I was kind of a bit depressed about that, but I'm feeling better mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Okay. So when we were off air, right, mm-hmm. or whatever it is, this is off waves or whatever. You told me that you had a year of celibacy. Yes. Okay. So number one, right. We've already talked about all the ways in which, like, you know, we can just even play these episodes back to back, but, like, all the ways in which your year of celibacy came about, like, mm. so, just, just framework. What have you learned from your year of celibacy? Because people often think, I, I recently encouraged somebody to be celibate, somebody who has never, who is closeted, but has oh. never been single for more than three weeks. Closeted but never been single. Thank I've got to listen to that podcast because Baby. I have questions. Uh-uh. But like the thing is, they wouldn't even come on a podcast because they're closets, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But the, and I was just like, look, maybe you need to take a beat, take a breath, right? And they were like, ah, it's a hard no from us. So, so are they just rolling with beards? During the rest of the time? No, I don't need... It's so complicated. It's so... It's so like, I can't even begin to explain, okay. but, like, it's anyway. so complicated. So, like, what have you learned from your year of celibacy? I think what I've learned from my year is... Actually, uh, um, sex life has improved. Weirdly. Oh, okay. Because it's a solo sex life. But... So you're masturbating? Oh, all the fucking time. Like, oh, even I'm with those scorp- nails be? I'm a... Scorp- no, these nails are from last week. Like, okay. before that, it was like... <laughs> It was just, a, it was part of our daily routine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a Scorpio, you know. Okay. It's, it's out of my I hands. have no idea what that means. Sexually active. Oh, Scorpios are sexually active? As the doctor would say. Oh, uh, okay. But, um, yeah, I think that I was very concerned when I was having sex with other people about how I appeared. Okay. And so I was never fully in sex and appreciating the pleasure of it. Mm-hmm. I was scared that I would do something weird or like sound weird or look weird. And that's a really awful space to be in because then sex is literally not fun at all. No, no, no. And I've been exploring what I like. Like genuinely getting into it. Yeah, like <gasps> self-whipping and like... What? Like, okay, I did not expect that. Like, you um, know when we were talking about, like, oh, what we should we talk about? Uh, okay, I did not expect. So self-whipping and stuff. Yeah. Have you got, like, have you got, like, yourself, I've like, got a... little, uh, one of those cat or nine tail things. Oh, yes. Because I didn't want, like, a whip whip. A whip is fucking hectic. But, like, those <laughs> ones, you warm yourself up a little bit. Uh-huh. And, you know, doing different things. Because you kind of get into this rut with masturbation where you're like, I know what I like, and I can do this and this and this, and it can be over in, like, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. But that's not fun, and it's not part of the journey. And I was like, if I actually really want to be with someone sexually in an enigmatic and exciting way, I need to know a lot more about myself. And Mm -hmm. it's been easier for me to explore that by myself Mm -hmm. during the celibacy than with a partner. Oh, okay. So you've had, like, the space, the time. Because, like, one of the things we talked about in the previous podcast was, like... How, you know, you look at this person and you project mm. an idea. An and ideal. then 
and uh, yes, pedestal. You put them on a pedestal, and, it, and when you put someone on a pedestal, then you want to do things for them, and that includes being like the perfect sexual yeah, partner. Yeah, and good at sex. And good like, at sex. I can make you calm, and and and, and, and even when you make me calm, it is it is it is a beautiful cornucopia of vision and but sound. it wasn't because i was not in the moment and i was kind of stressed about it uh, oh so you you were one of those people did you ever fake it of course we've what? had this discussion uh I, why are you acting like these people have not had okay. this discussion so i had a discussion a very long time ago when i was a fool and knew nothing about engaging authentically sexually mm-hmm. wait I, didn't you write a whole piece about why it's cool to fake and you should <laughs> yes i did podcast cancelled and <laughs> get out of my studio <laughs> I don't even believe you wrote a whole piece. You know, for you've known me for so long. I've I known you for. I've, I was in, I was indoctrinated. You and I was like, wait. No, so we've known each other for six, six years plus years. Yeah. No, wait. No, that doesn't feel right. 2014-2013 is when we met. So yeah, six seven years. Six seven. Wow. So well, look at that. At that stage, I was like, no, you shouldn't tell your partner in the moment if something is bad because that's going to ruin their self esteem. You should wait till afterwards, which is psychotic. Wow. Like, wow, we've known each other a long time. And you submitted this. Mm-hmm. Um, you were very polite about it. And no, 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 I wasn't even polite. I was here for it. That's how long we've known each other. <laughs> I was, and, and like, the thing is, and so, okay, so, Heike, we're going to just say it on the podcast. Um, baby Boo. Baby Boo. Edited my book. I did. You a did edit my book. book. My, a quirky Quick guide to having great sex. And there's a whole chapter on why you shouldn't fake orgasms. A whole chapter. So you and me have come full circle. We have come far. We've we grown. have come. You that c- is growth. What a growth. Growth. You know, you know the gift I'm talking yeah, about, right? Growth. I'm very online. Oh, yes. yes. So like, you, but you submitted a whole thing. And I was, and, and the thing is, it's not even like I tolerated it. I was like, yes. Like, like I was just like, yeah. Like this is a viewpoint. This is not even a viewpoint. It's a proper viewpoint. But it's interesting because I think that it just shows how, in the absence of any decent sex education or any decent talking about sex that isn't just like, oh, I'm watching pornography, you never actually learn anything rational about sex Mm-mm. anywhere. Like Mm-mm. your friends don't talk to you about it in a way that isn't like value judgment and loaded and also. Often sort of, very influenced by male attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The male gaze, darling. Male gaze. The male gaze, the gaze darling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> your parents aren't going to fucking talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we develop all these weird thoughts and ideas that actually hinder our own sexuality and hinder our own growth. And I think it's a beautiful story to show how we can change and grow. We can change and grow. Nothing is fixed. But I think, not but, full stop, next paragraph, new chapter, mm-hmm. right? The weird thing is, you were still faking orgasms while you were with women. Yes. So I think I think like we need a we need a speak on it. Like because everyone is always like, especially if you're bisexual, especially if you used to date men. Um, also, I love the fact that you wrote the book. I love you so much. I love you too. Oh my I'm God. your biggest fan. Ah, okay, sorry. Like that was a moment. moment. Yeah, we had a moment. We had a moment. But like. You were faking orgasms with women. And everyone always thinks that the minute you stop writing dick, mm-hmm. suddenly the orgasms will start flowing like, like water. Okay. Dripping so, like water. So to contextualize, mm-hmm. I've, I've really suffered from depression and anxiety since I was a very young teenager. Since I was about 13, I was diagnosed. And when you are on so much psychiatric medication, even if you want to, there's a very good chance you can't come at all. 
because it blocks that kind of stuff. And I always was like, I've just met this person. I'm having sex with them. I don't want them to know I have this like very serious chronic lifelong illness, but I can't come from things, but I also don't want to make them feel bad. And also if I don't come, will they think that I'm not gay and not enjoying it? And so it was wrapped up in a lot of that stuff as well. Um, But I've just realized that, you know, and also I think what has helped honestly is that when I was coming out as a depressed person in 2005, remember those days? Oh, yeah, no, you had to come out with a mental health issue. Yeah, I feel that there were very few other black women who were saying it that openly. No, you, I, because, okay, so, woo, this is how a bitch gets cancelled. Stretch, stretch. I remember, um, like, when I met you, mm. and, like, even even when I met you in like twenty like no I feel it was not twenty fourteen it that was twenty thirteen it was twenty thirteen oh yes I remember that apartment that so tiny apartment yes. do you remember when we went and you got really really drunk and then you had all the thoughts about Hala while we were in the middle of a team meeting but that's oh my point. god yes yeah and you were I so lit- drunk I was so hammered like I had literally <laughs> woken up at ten opened a bottle of wine. And then I come to her house, and I, I don't even think we had an arrangement to meet. And there's a team meeting with, like, an, a, a person now who's, like, a very big trans and media activist. Oh, you even remember who it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was drunk, but I was aware. You were aware. <laughs> Which makes it worse. Because if you're blackout drunk, at least I can claim, like, I wasn't just, you know, being an <laughs> asshole. Um, and they were having a whole team meeting, and I was just, like, giving my two cents. And everyone was, like... I think trying to be very polite because I don't think anyone knows what to do with that kind of provocation. They were just like, this girl is unhinged and she's here. And, she's you, were, and you climbed into my bed. And I know we yes! didn't have a lot of places to sleep, but you just no! climbed into my bed. But like in the middle of the day. Yeah, it was so great. And it was just like in hindsight, no, in hindsight, it was so great. At the time, it was very, very stressful because Sibu was like, because also Sibu didn't have the level of delight for she has now. No, uh, also like if some random girl who seems <laughs> to have Substance abuse and mental problems climbs into your girlfriend's bed in the middle of the day. I would be ready to throw these hands. Like she, she was just like, um, okay. And then we, but like during that meeting, we conceptualize Holla to what it is with all the social media platforms and publishing. Anyway, that's not the point, right? So even when I met you, and and I am going to completely expose my 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 inner old black girl, um, where I was just like. You talk about stuff like depression, and I'd be shook, mm. right? Because I only started engaging with like ideas of mental health mm. and like you know like taking care of your mental health and mental health issues when I moved to Joburg, and my mental health like de-escalated. Like, Woo! There was something that happened during that time that is a conversation for another day. Mental health de-escalated, and then I also started loving somebody, right? Mm. In my in my journey, because I only ever have a crush. Once every six years, right <laughs> outside of my relationship, and Once when I have the crush, years. I love you. I love you, you right? You. you, I love you. I don't have just crushes where I'm like, we gonna hit it and quit it. That's mm. why I've never had conference sex. So the That's person, the whole who, thing I want to get into. Oh, sweetie, I'm in do it, Demia. Now, oh, do of. it, do it. Be and especially because you can now, because because of the nature of the research Queer you're doing studies. Oh my gosh, I I got Throats you, open, baby. Legs don't worry, open. you know that I got you. Woo-hoo. Woo! So like, so the person I was loving at the at the time had like deep depression. Shame. Also had bipolar. Ooh. Just the whole mix bag. That's hard. Yeah. And I learned quick. Fam, like I learned quick because like started engaging them with the, them in Cape Town. By the time I moved to Joburg, I was like, oh shit, this is a thing. Then I meet all these like black queer women who are ready to talk about things. And 
it took me back to like when like we first met and yeah. I was just like I was very dismissive and I just thought you were wild. I yeah. just thought you were wild. But eh? a lot of people did. People just thought that I was like a crazy bitch. <laughs> they just thought that I was like looking for trouble, but I was deeply I, I actually just thought you were an artist because you were a writer. Oh yeah, that was doing Kane times. Yeah. I was just like Yeah, that was doing you, my you, during you my were, Kane you were Prize being... nomination. I was like living my truth as a creative spirit. But exactly. But I, was... I, I I thought you were just being like the white man you wanted to see in the world. Because you know the white men they <laughs> always have some the, the white men. The white White, White man, man. I was like, it. you're not gonna, you're not gonna bathe. At some point, you're not gonna bathe. At some, and, and, and look, it, it came to pass, my dear. It <laughs> this, came to this pass. This too shall pass. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. But I, I mean, I think that the discourse has changed a lot. And Definitely. now, when I say I've suffered with desire, with like desire issues and anxiety and depression my whole life, people now are receptive. Whereas in like. When no. I first got diagnosed when I was 13, no one was fucking receptive. No, no one was fucking trying and to hear even that. Even when was I met wrong. you in like, you know, 2013, like no one was fucking receptive. So, I mean, it's kind of something that I've sort of waited out and it's better. But I, the interesting thing is this relates to my new crush. Oh, well done. Like, you know what I love about guests who handle the interviews? They handle the interviews. Do the thing. <laughs> you segued very nicely into that. So this other crush is a white lesbian. Okay, look, look. I know. Okay. I know. Look, are they proper? Do they understand that BLM is, a, is, a, is, nothing, is yeah, more than no, a hashtag? No, no, no. So I don't believe in raising people or educating people. So you have to have a fundamental worldview and education. You're good for Not wine? Necessarily, good for wine. Not necessarily formal education, but mm-hmm. like, you know, a kind of intellectual curiosity for me to be able to date you. Okay. It, it, it is what it is. But it's weird because... I usually avoid white South African lesbians because in Pretoria, white South African lesbians are kind of like neo-Nazis. Like they are literally, they, they are because they're, they are literally, they are literally super conservative apart from the fact that they fuck women. Oh, so they believe in white supremacy. They just fuck women. Okay. They believe in like the plus and, Divinco, I don't, I don't know Afrikaans. I'm just saying words. No, you're just saying words. Just saying words. <laughs> Plus, and I love you. Winkle. I was about to be like, what are you saying? I think it's Winkle's shop. I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I have historically been very cautious around them, but she's an art curator. Oh, she, okay. We do love us something artistic, and she loves gardening, and she's trying to recreate a Victorian garden. In oh, the center wow. of Johannesburg, yeah. Oh, wow. And... Oh, wow. <laughs> she has talked to me about her dildo collection. Oh, there's a collection. There is a collection. So, are you, are you, are you, uh, are you a strap sort of person? Do you like wearing so, a strap? Do you like receiving a strap? What's, think, what's your vibe? I think that... So, when I was fucking straight women, I had to... They didn't have dildos, so I never topped them. But I had to take the lead sexually because they're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, and I'm like, flappy and I'm like it's the same <laughs> fucking body parts. Like, put some work in, Jessica, for once in your life. <laughs> and then when I started dating gay women mm-hmm. around 24, 25, I was very bottomy mm-hmm. because I don't think at this point in my life, 
I want my main thing to be wearing a strap. I'm very happy to switch. Mm-hmm. But also, like, a strap is an economic privilege. Like, oh, okay. No, gotta, that is gotta, no lie. You've got to buy the strap. You've got to buy the... Is it called a rodeo? Which is like the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, knickers that, you wear. Yeah, yeah. Which, I <laughs> yeah, say yeah. knickers. This is why I'm alone. <laughs> the knickers you wear. <laughs> I can't with you. Okay, with yeah, With, like, yeah. a hole in them. We can put the fucking dildo through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got a harness. And also, look... Uh, you've done abseiling or like you've worn a harness in yeah, your yeah. sexual life. Yeah, yeah. As a fat person, they're fucking uncomfortable. They are. They I cut wanna, in. They, they cut fucking, in. I don't want to be they fucking this beautiful woman and like have it cutting <laughs> into my thighs. So I was like, I don't know what to do. I haven't done it yet. I haven't invested economically. So being a bottom was fiscally conservative. <laughs> I can't do right now. I can't do right now. It was. <laughs> okay. So, baby girl has but, a dildo collection. But she has a dildo collection. So, have you guys actually fucked? No, you haven't no. fucked because it's the I'm year celibate. of the The year of this abstinence and no celibacy. No dating, no sex. So, wait, where did you find each other? So, we met at my friend's dinner party. At oh. that time, she was in a relationship with oh, another okay. woman. Oh, but she okay. broke up with that woman three months ago. I sent her DMs and we've been texting. Wait, they broke up. How long were they together? Because that also... Six years. Yeah, but you got to give it time. But you, you give see, time. which is also why I was like, it's actually handy I'm being celibate because I don't want to date you straight out of a six-year relationship. No, you can't. You can't. You can't. It will It will not go well. Boom. 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 Explode in your face. Wow. I don't want to be a rebound. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so, so they were together six years. They broke up. Mm. Was it a good breakup? Bad breakup? Good. Don't, Good. Very, good. Very amicable. Very oh, amicable. Guys, I don't know how to do amicable. Right and I also, ah. I also know the person she broke up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a gay community. Well, I mean, No, but we already discussed this. Communities. I still have not kissed the okay. ring. Okay. Who is this ring? I feel like coming for this ring and being the ring. I want to be the ring. You want to be the ring. I do. You want to be the ring you want to see in the world. Yes. Like, I don't need you to fuck me, but I just need you to come and pay homage. Just pay homage. Pay your respects. Yeah. It's like the godfather. You know, the godfather. And the, it's like a wedding, and then they put all the money in the bride's lap, and it's like, ooh, yeah. love you. Yeah. Don't so, like, I, I want to be the godfather. I want to be the queer Joba godfather. Godmother. Godmother. Godperson. God because person. I also want non-binary folks. Yes. To pay homage. Gotta get them in there. I think, we, I think it's a doable goal. It's a doable goal, it's but then doable. I have to find all the other people in a sip. But then you also have to be more sociable. Ah, ah. Terrible. So it's a crush. We're talking. We've mm-hmm. got a date scheduled for when my celibacy ends. Okay. And we'll see. That's why you're trying to push it to November? Girl. Girl, I asked you now. I asked you now. I asked you now. Like, respect I'm me now. not perfect. Put, put some it, respect on put it. Put some though. respect on my name. Put some respect on it. Baby. Put some respect on put it. Put some respect on it. Uh, January 1st You're asking a lot of January things, 1st And we'll see what happens January 1st I'm not, I don't know so, if we're going to be able to manage We'll see So for those who don't know Again We got to say that um, There was a year of celibacy Which started January 1st 2020 20, The year of the plague The year of the plague And we're trying to get to Because by the time this podcast comes out Again It will be 2021 mm. It'll be a new dawn A new day A new life <sighs> But I hope you got to 2021. We can put a little note I in the podcast. To believe we can put a note I need in the podcast. to believe. I need to believe. There was nothing to believe in this year. 
Nothing. There was nothing. So I need to believe in you. We babe. can put a little note in the podcast to say whether I made it or not. Oh yeah. Okay. Fine. I will. That's true. On Spotify. Shit. So she's. But it's interesting because she's very tall. And there's okay. Some, there's Am I going to see pictures after this? Yeah. Of course. Yes. Um. There's something about tall women. Really? Because it's kind of like you know how you you're someone who enjoys masked people. Like masked people are kind of tall often. The no. larger of the species. No. Okay. Well, I suppose it's a bisexual person. Masked people, I often assume, are men. And men terrible. Are tall, like. Terrible. I am. But masculinity you. lives validly in many bodies. Woo, say that nice. here. I'm going to say yes. that here. Um, <laughs> so she's tall, and there's something about being overpowered by a tall, beautiful, mm. feminine woman. Which is kind of amazing. Mm. Are you humiliating me? No, or what? Are you loving no, me? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to bring. Um. Mm. We're just gonna bring it back now. Ooh, we're gonna bring ourselves to ourselves. Um, to ourselves. Wait, what were you saying? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> you just blacked out for a second. Okay, okay. So, so she's tall, but also, and I'm aha, not very tall. Aha, aha, I have. I see your offer of breaking it in November, mm-hmm. and I give you the counter offer of. The longer you wait to 2021, the more likely this does not go poof. Three months, so chumam. Three months. Six years. I know. Six years. Like, fam. Also, we don't know. Uh, was it, uh, Okay, so let me ask. They I, said I don't it was ask. amicable. I know from both sides it was amicable. Okay, so. But yes, I don't yes, know no, what the also, real reason was they broke up. I don't know that. So, okay. So that, that, that is also very important, right? What the real reason is. Yeah. Right? Um, also what their relationship was like towards the end, right? Cause you can be amicable. You can be like throwing pots, pans, plates, and then I know everyone what you goes mean. pause. Yeah. So like, was it just, it, it dwindled to a fizzle or was it like fucking Sid and Nancy, Whitney and Bobby? Yeah. Cause you don't want to Whitney and Bobby it, right? You don't want to be in a Whitney and Bobby Whitney, thing. But not Whitney, Bobby. No. Whitney and Robin forever. Oh, we oh, Whitney and Robin forever. Forever. We're going to mm. take a moment of silence actually. Fantastic. Thank you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that is. Um, those are my. Those are my crushes, and we'll see what happens. We're hoping for not another failed talking stage. Oh my gosh! We're relinquishing that crown. <laughs> all the all the fingers. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm just gonna tell you that I love you. I love you too. So let's go for drinks now. Oh yeah yeah. Go for the drinks. No yeah, like I love you. You're trying to introduce my book. It's fine. I'll just do a whole reading in the middle of the podcast season. <laughs> so like I my edit, favorite chapters. I edited Tiff's book. Yes. And it was such a fun experience. I I usually edit like theses and textbooks and reports, which are very boring. This but you've a- also edited like people's like really dope book things. What are they called? Novels? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, when the editor gets them, they aren't so great. Mm. Um, and I think the thing that really struck me about your book was even when I was editing it, it was so polished. It was so... <laughs> no, Naima dragged me for filth. It was so polished. Filth. Um, it was so polished by the time I got to it. And the nice thing is when the, when the manuscript is already polished, I can really work my magic because we're not dealing with like 
broken sentences and like dangling participles you can get to the real meat of what you want to say and it's it's couched in this engaging it's actually a book which is very rare i find for non-fiction you can read with your partner like you can literally open this book with your clothes off and start reading because it's very casual and friendly it's like the queer sex expert you never had growing up but they're in your bookshelf and they're in your bedroom they're supposed to be your friend okay i love you now on that flex i'm just gonna be like bye bye So now, as you hear in the podcast, Ephemia took control of her sex life, and that shit is sex positive. Ah. So how do you know if you are sex positive, right? Because you hear, oh, I'm celibate for a year. You're like, what? Is that really sex positive? Yes. Yes, it freaking is. So here are eight steps from Bustle to help you figure out if your ass is sex positive or not. Number one, having sex is healthy but also so is not having sex. They are asexual and gray sexual people. They are people who don't want to have sex right now because they are trying to like figure out their mental health and things. There are some people who don't want to have sex because they literally do not want to have sex. But as long as you are dictating and you are in control of your sex life, it's comings, <laughs> lawless, and it's goings, that is sex positive. Number two, another thing you need to do to be sex positive is stop glamorizing sex. Once you're sex positive, you do not have to be having sex all the damn time, right? And be chatting about how all the great sex you're having. It's okay to just not be having sex, not be having great sex. But like, it's all about, like the way I said in the point before, having autonomy in your sex life. You don't have anything to prove to anyone. And actually, it's very sex positive when you're like, I don't have anything to prove. If you want to have conversations about your sex life, have them. If you don't, don't have them. It is cool. Slut shaming also means shaming people who are more out of the box with their sexuality than you. And also shaming people who are more quote unquote in the box. So to give the example, if you are a kinkster and you are like, ugh, anyone who's not having kinky sex and isn't fisting and isn't pegging in 2021 isn't having great sex. That's slut shaming, guys. That's slut shaming. And same way, on the other side, right? Being like, oh my gosh, that person's sex is a little too wild. It's a little too this. It's a little too that. Having negative commentary on somebody else's sex life is slut shaming. It's slut shaming. And we don't do that when we're sex positive. Then, the next one, number one, two, three, four. Know thyself. This is a really important part of sex positivity. Having intentional sex that comes from a place of knowing yourself, knowing your traumas, knowing your triggers, knowing your wants, your likes, your dislikes, the things that you're a bit care about, the things that, you know, you wouldn't kick somebody out of bed for in toast once they did that, right? Like it's about knowing all of the bits about yourself. So it's important to dig deep into your own emotions, mind, psyche, and assess what is this doing for me? How do I feel afterwards? How is my sex life impacting other areas of my life? Just because you like something sexually does not mean it's good for you. I'm looking at you in the back who's still fucking that ex. Just because they're good doesn't mean they're good for you. Thank you. Love yourself. Number five, listen, listen, listen. Listen to how people engage with their sex positivity because it will mean different things to different people. And part of being sex positive is allowing space for all of that, allowing space for all of that. Consent is necessary in all its forms, right? 
once you understand fully, fully that consent is completely necessary and is a core part of all sexual experiences, sex positivity also goes into the realms of understanding the presence of consent in just day-to-day interactions. Like people who don't like to get hugs, like asking for consent before you hug someone, asking for consent before you unburden your life experiences onto someone. You don't just call up a friend and be like, oh my God, here are all my traumas, hold them. Asking for consent when you touch pregnant women. That's a weird one. No one asks for consent when they touch pregnant women. Ask for consent. So like it's completely and utterly understanding consent in its entirety. That is a huge, huge part of sex positivity, taking it into your day-to-day life. So there is a starting, so like enthusiastic consent, which can lead to a lot less wild sex, but a lot more enjoyable, healthy sex. There is a starting and a stopping. Also, one idea I love, this is what the author of one of these articles said, one idea I love is that if someone turns you down sexually, the proper way to respond is, thanks for taking care of yourself. I love that. Listen again. I'm going to say this one more again. The proper way to respond when somebody turns you down sexually is to say, thanks for taking care of yourself. Not feeling and catching feelings and feeling some type of way. If you want to do that, go do that in the privacy of your own thing. But do not make it their problem. They have taken care of themselves and you need to respect that. So, number... Number seven. This one's definitely number seven, I think. I've been counting, whatever. Just because it doesn't turn you on doesn't make it wrong. I don't feel that needs explaining. Just because it doesn't turn you on, it doesn't make it wrong. And the last one, an important one, one you must hold in your soul. Intimacy is complex. For some people, sex is easy, but it's also good to acknowledge that sex can be heavy. It can be hard for some folks. It can be that thing that they're dreading one minute, but like really excited for the next. Like intimacy and sex is complicated and it moves through our bodies in different ways at different times for different people. So acknowledge that. It isn't all casual orgies and running through a field of daisies naked for everyone. So. I am going to give you a tiny, tiny, brilliant exercise. Um, Pause this if you can. Go and get a piece of paper. And now this next part can take you ages. You can listen to it later, whatever. But this is a really, really brilliant, tiny exercise conceptualized by Evian Whitney, who is a great sex positive force on the internet. Um, Yeah, so it's a tiny intentional sex exercise. So you just answer a few questions. And have a few think about, have a little think about these questions. So question number one, what kind of sex do you want to have? Question number two, how do you want to feel when you're having that sex? Question number three, how do you want your partners to make you feel when you're having sex? Question number four, what pleasure do you want to unlock, experience, explore and be curious about in the coming period, be it the next year, be it the next six months, be it the next three weeks. What kind of pleasure do you want to experience, explore, unlock, slash be curious about? Number, okay, I've lost count of what number the questions are. But next question. What kind of relationship do you want to have with your body? The next question. What kind of relationship do you want to have with pleasure? What kind of relationship do you want to have with your orgasms? Where does your sexuality need to be healed? 
Where does it need to be liberated? Now, these are some of my favorite questions. Because we know some people are out there struggling with internalized homophobia, internalized biphobia. There's some folks out there, some queer women's struggling with internalized misogyny. <laughs> Please respect us, respect yourself. So, and then there's also people who still feel shame around ideas of masturbation, ideas of orgasming, ideas of using sex toys, ideas of multiple partners. So, Ask yourself, where does your sexuality need to be healed and where does it need to be liberated? The next question, where do you need to give yourself permission to feel, to be, to explore, to become who you want to be sexually in the coming period? So I'll repeat this again. Where do you need to give yourself permission to feel, to be, to explore, to become who you want to be sexually in the coming period so this is about like allowing yourself room this is about literally just allowing yourself room to exist and the last one what are you gonna do to make this popping sex happen right like and this is something like this is something me and quite a few of my friends are going through right now um in terms of like We've identified where the problems, well, no, we're in the process of, process of identifying where the problems and the toxic traits and the this and the that in our pursuit of sexual partners is. And like, so now we're all in different spaces. I'm in a very manifestation thing um, where I am actively blue ticking people who I know are part of a pattern. I have a friend who is actively not going after people she used to go after and now is like trying to broaden her horizons. I have another friend who is celibate um, and is trying to do a new thing with that, trying to take the moment and the time. And then I have another friend who is, who I think, hmm, I'm trying to figure out like what she's doing. But she feels like she is trying out different types of relationships. So I guess it's one of those things of once you figure out what all your blockages are, figuring out ways in which to maneuver around those blockages. Doesn't mean downloading a dating app. Doesn't mean deleting a dating app. Like once you figure out your problem. So like figuring out you have a problem is merely the first step. The next step is actually actively fixing the problem. So that's what you're going to do, right? So that's Rewind this section, listen to these questions again, reflect on them by yourself, with a partner, with your friends, make it a party, do what you got to do, right? So now that you know how to be sex positive, go and be sex positive, figure out your sex life. Let's have bomb sex in 2021, but safe sex though, right? Because COVID, right? COVID is just like a lot. But yeah, let's have safe sex. Let's have bomb sex. Let's have intentional sex. And let's make sure our sex game is safe and strong and this is basically life and i'm your host tiff mugo telling you to calm your tits life is not always that complicated go to basically under slash pod for great content remember this podcast is available on apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify and soundcloud Also, go and like and leave a five-star review because it truly, truly helps 
with the algorithm. Like, it really, really helps with the algorithm. So go be better. Visit the IG page at basicallylife under slash pod. And it'll be fun. This podcast was created by Hala Africa Productions and sound engineered by Leon Erasmus of Digital Fanatic Studios. Music compiled by Mbali of Chosen Flower Collection.